What is up, Ewu crew? CCTV cameras sometimes capture shocking and unexpected incidents. And when footage is recovered from moments when people thought nobody was watching, it often proves to be critical evidence which helps solve crimes. Today, we are exploring three surprising cases that all were remarkably caught on video by CCTV. The first case we have for you today is one that is chilling and just might have you looking over your shoulder. At 5.35 a.m. on Wednesday, February 17, 2021, fire and emergency services were called about an enormous blaze in the community of Georgetown in Halton Hills, Ontario, Canada. By the time that the first responders finally arrived on the scene, half of the house was almost totally engulfed in fire. A neighbor across the street from the blaze took cell phone footage which shows the extent of the flames. Once the fire was completely extinguished, investigators probed further through the wreckage. Within the house, they made a gruesome discovery. Two people were found dead. Their bodies were reportedly found in the garage, which had been completely consumed by the fire. Though the police purportedly didn't initially release whose bodies had been found within the house, Neighbors said that Christina and Andrew Rarick were the homeowners, and it was later confirmed that the couple were the ones who had died in the blaze. The Rarick's, 56-year-old Christina and 59-year-old Andrew, were described as being friendly and a very nice couple. Andrew was reportedly a manager at the Boiler Inspection and Insurance Company of Canada. The tragedy had been witnessed by many in the area. A neighbor reportedly said that they believed it looked like the fire had started in the garage before the flames spread to other parts of the house. Another neighbor said that they saw the blaze begin around 5.30 a.m. and it burned for around 10 to 15 minutes before the flames covered one side of the house. At first, the fire seemed to be a tragic but unfortunate accident, but not everything was as it seemed. One of the Rarick's neighbors had a private security camera, and it caught something particularly chilling that happened the night just before the fire on Tuesday, February 16th. At 6.24 p.m., the homeowner's vehicle is seen pulling up to their driveway. A dark figure can be seen standing along the side of the house. The moment the car passes into the garage, the figure steps into the garage right behind it. The driver of the vehicle, assumed to be Christina or Andrew, does not appear to be aware that someone has gone into the garage with them, as they can be seen getting out of the vehicle and going into the house while the figure stands along the passenger side, hiding from view. Just as the garage door starts to lower, the figure appears to bend or hunch over, either looking into the passenger window of the car or ducking out of the sight line of whoever had been driving the vehicle. The neighbor who caught the shocking footage had initially contacted the CP24 Toronto news outlet with the footage before a news anchor there urged them to take the video to the police as potential evidence. 
Another neighbor with a surveillance camera captured the exact moment that the garage blaze began. In mere moments, the fire can be seen starting in the garage before spreading. Along with the CCTV video evidence, the post-mortem examinations conducted on Christina and Andrew's bodies appeared to reveal something suspicious as the police began investigating their exact cause of death. Reportedly, though this has yet to be confirmed officially, the bodies were not found to have any smoke residue in their lungs, which would be expected if they had died in the fire. It has been noted that the house itself had a lot of exits, such as multiple doors and windows that the couple could have used to escape the fire, but that neither of them did, leading some to believe that they had died before the fire started and that the blaze was set intentionally to hide whatever crime had occurred at the residence. It seems that what was thought to be an accidental fire was no accident at all. It has now been deemed as suspicious, and homicide detectives have taken over the investigation of both the fire and the deaths of Christina and Andrew. The figure who entered the home through the garage hours before the fire has yet to be identified. However, the police have released that they believed that the suspect drove a new, white, mid-sized SUV into the neighborhood before they entered the garage. If it wasn't for the neighbor's camera, the police may have had no idea that the fire might have been caused by suspicious activity. Anyone with information about the vehicle or its occupant is asked to call police at 905-825-4776. The next case we have in store for you today is shocking to say the least, but the CCTV footage involved is something no one ever expected to capture on film. Over the years of 2009 and 2010, the city of Bradford in West Yorkshire, England, was terrorized by a string of murders. It was one shocking mistake that eventually led to the arrest of a man who had brutally killed three women by the time he was stopped. Born on December 24, 1969, Stephen Sean Griffiths appeared to be setting up a life of crime from the moment that he left school. When Stephen was 17, he was arrested for an unprovoked knife attack on a supermarket manager. This attack resulted in Stephen being sentenced to three years in prison. While there, he told his psychiatrist that he believed he would eventually become a murderer. Stephen was diagnosed as a schizoid psychopath, a condition that includes a lack of interest in socializing, apathy, and attachment. Even though the psychiatrist warned that his behavior and fantasies led them to believe that Stephen would become a serial killer, he was released once his sentence was finished. Before Stephen began his murder spree, he was once again arrested five years after his first arrest for holding a knife against a girl's throat. He then served two more years in prison. However, Stephen wasn't satisfied with these smaller moments of violence, and he was craving something much more vicious. In 2009, Stephen was admitted to the University of Bradford for a Ph.D. program 
where he focused on homicide studies, a choice that became shockingly ironic later. It was in this program that he seemed to indulge in his obsession with serial killers and studied them full-time, focusing on the differences between homicides in the 19th century compared with more contemporary murders. On June 22, 2009, something compelled Stephen to take his crimes to the next level, and he fixated on a woman named Susan Rushworth. 43-year-old Susan stepped off a bus in Bradford and subsequently disappeared. She was known to be a prostitute, which was what drew Stephen to target her as he had been specifically looking for women who were vulnerable. Stephen killed Susan using a crossbow before he proceeded to dismember her in a bathtub. He then disposed of her remains. Stephen's bloodlust had been satisfied for the moment, but less than a year later, he struck again. This time, on April 26, 2010, Stephen followed 31-year-old Shelley Armitage, another woman who worked in prostitution. He killed her with a crossbow and chopped up her body just as he had with Susan. He then put pieces of her body into garbage bags and carried them onto public transportation so that he could dump her remains into the river air. Apparently, the police had been aware of Stephen and had even been watching him close enough to take hunting weapons from him. When they witnessed Stephen reading books that described dismemberment, the police reached out to the housing association where he lived. As if anticipating what would happen next, a new CCTV system was set up in the area in order to keep a better watch on Stephen's behavior. With a now insatiable taste for killing, Stephen attacked again on May 21, 2010. He was feeling more confident this time, however, and took his crimes even farther with his third victim. Stephen kidnapped 36-year-old Suzanne Blamires and took her back to his own flat. Stephen kept Suzanne there with him for two days, and though he was feeling invincible as he hadn't been caught for his other crimes, everything was about to go wrong. At some point during her captivity, Suzanne saw an opportunity to escape, and she took it. Bolting out of his apartment, Suzanne ran for her life, with Stephen angrily chasing after her. Unfortunately for Suzanne, Stephen had grabbed his crossbow on his way out the door, and he shot her with it. Stephen once again felt smug that he had gotten away with his horrific crime, but just after he killed Suzanne, he looked up and saw that the CCTV camera in the hall of his apartment had a blinking red light, meaning it was recording. Still, Stephen went on to carry out his usual grotesque operation, dismembering Suzanne and throwing her remains in the river. Peter G., the caretaker of the block of flats where Stephen lived, had just sat down on Monday morning to review the CCTV footage. He expected to find petty theft or vandalism at the very worst, but the horrifying images he found truly shocked him. G. watched Stephen kill Suzanne and immediately called the police who arrested Stephen. The video captures Stephen just moments after he killed Suzanne. 
he can be seen in clear view of the camera, raising his crossbow in triumph before flipping up his middle finger. Stephen then lifts up the crossbow again to give the CCTV camera a close look at the weapon. The CCTV in the building also captures him getting a drink from his apartment before casually descending the stairs. Allegedly, Stephen was also caught on CCTV dragging Suzanne's body by the shoulders down the hallway. But due to the gruesome nature of the images, this piece of the video was never publicly released. The investigators eventually found the remains of Shelley and Suzanne in the river air, though Susan Rushworth's remains have never been recovered. It was in court that the extent of Stephen's depraved actions was revealed. Stephen told investigators that he had killed loads and bragged that he murdered at least six women, though he has only been attributed to three. Stephen then went on to explain that he called his apartment the slaughterhouse and that he had eaten some of his victims after dismembering them, calling it, quote, part of the magic of killing them. Stephen's murders were later dubbed the Bradford Murders, and he earned the nickname the Crossbow Cannibal. He reportedly has attempted to end his life multiple times in prison, and allegedly went on a two-month hunger strike. For his horrible crimes, Stephen was found guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment with no chance of parole. Today's final case is one filled with shocking twists and turns and a detailed timeline provided by CCTV. Hannah Elizabeth Graham was born on February 25, 1996 in Berkshire, England. During her school years, Hannah became known as an accomplished athlete while also maintaining straight A's across her studies. Though Hannah was raised in England, our story begins in the U.S., where she was studying abroad. In 2014, during her second year at the University of Virginia, 18-year-old Hannah was thriving at school, both academically and socially. However, everything soon went tragically wrong. On September 13th, Hannah went out with some friends to have fun as university students often do. After attending one party, Hannah set out to meet some of her other friends. She texted them around 1.20 a.m. to say that she was on her way to the party, but that she had gotten lost. This was the last time anyone heard from Hannah. Shortly after these messages, Hannah was reported missing. Over a thousand volunteers went out in search of Hannah, but almost everything the police were able to discover about her disappearance came directly from the CCTV cameras. As the CCTV footage was being combed through, something curious was discovered. Hannah had told her friends that she was lost in an area not far from where she was living, an area that she would have been very familiar with, and yet Hannah couldn't have actually been where she said she was, as she was spotted on CCTV one and a half miles away from that location. But why had Hannah lied to her friends? At first, piecing together the CCTV footage of Hannah proved a challenge, as her actual location was different than where her text messages stated she was. 
but soon a timeline of her whereabouts emerged. In this image captured by CCTV, Hannah can be seen at 9.33 p.m. walking down a hallway wearing a metallic top and jeans before she headed out for the night. At 12.45 a.m., Hannah was seen outside of an Irish pub called McGrady's in downtown Charlottesville. In the video, she appears to be disoriented and stumbles as she wanders the streets surrounding the pub. It almost looks as though she is searching for someone before she returns back to the pub. Witnesses later reported that they had seen Hannah talking to a man at some point before she left. In CCTV footage captured by a Shell gas station, Hannah can be seen running before she slows down and continues walking. It isn't clear if she was running from someone. Six minutes after Hannah went by the gas station, she was spotted on the CCTV camera at Sal's Cafe Italia. She is in the background of the video where she is seen glancing around as she hurries by. The last footage of Hannah was at 1.08 a.m. and caught by Tool Jewelers CCTV. It shows her walking with a man directly behind her. Five weeks after her initial disappearance, skeletal remains were discovered on October 18th at an abandoned property in Albemarle County. The body was identified to be Hannah but her cause of death was released to be by an undetermined etiology. With an abundance of CCTV footage, investigators began sorting through the footage for Hannah's killer. They immediately focused on the man who had been caught by CCTV walking along behind Hannah, outside Tool Jewelers. Sure enough, the same man was also seen following behind her at a greater distance when she passed Sal's Cafe. Following her trail, the police found witnesses saying that Hannah and an unidentified man had entered Tempo Restaurant and Bar after the last time she is seen on CCTV. They reportedly stayed for 15 minutes, where witnesses said that they saw the man put an arm around Hannah before the two of them allegedly got into his vehicle and left. The very last witness to see Hannah said that the man with her did not look friendly and that they heard her saying, quote, I'm not getting in that car with you. The mysterious man was later identified as 32-year-old Jesse Leroy Matthew. According to WUSA, Jesse was arrested on a beach in Galveston, Texas. He had allegedly gone to the Charlottesville Police Department to ask for a lawyer but then chose to speed away and flee to Texas. Reportedly, a warrant was issued for his arrest for the reckless driving at this point. When his apartment was searched, Jesse was subsequently named a suspect after evidence was discovered, believed to be items of clothing. This is reportedly when a warrant was issued for Jesse for the abduction charge. With Jesse in custody, the investigators looked into any links between him and any of the numerous other cases of young women who had gone missing in the area. Due to a forensic link, he was found to be connected to the case of Morgan Harrington, another college student who was murdered in 2009. 
Jesse was charged with capital murder in Hannah Graham's case and first-degree murder for Morgan Harrington. He was found guilty for both and is serving life imprisonment with three additional life terms and has also been connected to a 2005 assault in Fairfax County. According to DailyMail.com, Jesse admitted to all three charges in the Fairfax case, attempted capital murder, abduction, and sexual assault. The victim in this case reportedly flew back from India to testify and told jurors that her attacker grabbed her nearby her townhouse door, took her to a dark area, ripped her clothes off, and attacked her. Jesse's family remained supportive of him, even claiming that he would never do something like this. But the judge reportedly described Jesse as a modern-day Jekyll and Hyde, who seemed gentle and kind to his loved ones, but had a secret hidden life they never could have imagined. Other cases are still being investigated to see if Jesse may be responsible for more crimes. For two of these cases, the footage caught by CCTV proved to be critical for capturing the evidence needed to identify the perpetrators. And we don't doubt that in the case of the fire at the Rarick house, the footage there will prove to be crucial in catching whoever started the fire and possibly also killed the Rarick's.